0: Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is Episode 9 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today focuses on the need for a robust antitrust compliance program. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. Our podcast is sponsored by Bureau Van Dyke. I've been working with Bureau Van Dyke for several years. BVD helps businesses address the challenge of collecting beneficial ownership information for due diligence and third-party risk management. BVD helps companies build due diligence programs to reduce reliance on manual processes and integrate technology into internal due diligence systems with the added feature of beneficial ownership data. Go to bvdinfo.com for more information on how BVD can help you build an effective due diligence program and third-party risk management system. Well, today's episode, I want to address criminal antitrust risks and the need for compliance officers to build new and dynamic compliance programs to address antitrust risks. We often read articles and blog postings about anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, export controls, and sanctions compliance issues. The focus on these topics has justified. However, there's one glaring omission, criminal antitrust compliance programs. There are a number of reasons for this omission. First, the Justice Department's antitrust division has been slow to credit companies for their compliance programs. For many years, the antitrust division has taken the position that companies that engaging cartels should never receive credit for their compliance programs because the program, by definition, did not work. Second, antitrust compliance has been viewed as under the purview of corporate legal departments because of the complexity of the issue. Such a view is misleading. One area is legally clear. Horizontal collusion among competitors involving price fixing, territorial allocations, bid rigging, customer allocations, and other illegal agreements under Section 1 of the Sherman Act are very clear. These activities do not require legal analysis. They are criminal violations. Legal officers and chief compliance officers have to devote more attention to this issue. Compliance programs have to address antitrust risks just as much as anti-corruption risks. Companies that ignore criminal antitrust risks do so at their peril. Consequences of a criminal antitrust investigation and enforcement action are significant. Global antitrust enforcement is a mature and evolving program. The United States and the European Union have played a strong leadership role. The United States' criminal antitrust enforcement program is fueled by its well-established leniency program. The first company to report cartel activity receives a pass, along with executives and employees who assist the government's investigation, and they receive detrebling of damages to a single damages uh, for the inevitable civil liability class action brought by companies injured by the cartel activity. Furthermore, over the last 10 years, the Justice Department has prosecuted numerous companies and individuals. Unlike the FCPA area, antitrust division prosecutors have targeted culpable individuals. The ratio of individual to corporate prosecutions is approximately three to one. Over the last 10 years, the Justice Department has brought 575 individual criminal cases and 199 against companies, meaning that on average, three culpable individuals are prosecuted for every company. In the last few years, the Antitrust Division has been successful in prosecuting culpable individuals, securing plea agreements, and prevailing at criminal trials. Now, to be sure, look, the Justice Department has lost antitrust cases, but such results are to be expected when prosecutors are committed to an aggressive uh, charging of culpable individuals. Criminal antitrust risks center around interactions with competitors, communications, contacts, and meetings, along with certain market conditions that increase the risk of anti-competitive cartel activity. A robust antitrust compliance program should include the typical elements in a compliance program but also focus on the highest risks centering on contacts with competitors. Such contacts should be reported individually, monitored, and audited on a regular basis. In addition, legal and compliance should design appropriate monitoring of market activities, pricing movements, changes in customer allocations, or territories. Coupled with a robust monitoring program for contacts with competitors, an antitrust compliance program depends on proactive compliance strategies. Beyond this approach, companies have to engage in robust training, even small group training with sales staff and those on the front lines of antitrust risks. Sales staff has to know what to do when co- contacted by a competitor or what how to act in an industry meeting when surrounded by competitors. And discussion topics have to be raised and discussed in advance so that staff understands what strategies should be employed and also what reporting obligations that they have. Like any other compliance risk, senior executives and the board have to commit to promoting a culture of compliance, including antitrust risks. The stakes are very high in this area, and there are plenty of incentives for companies and individuals involved in a cartel to break up the cartel by seeking leniency from the Justice Department's antitrust division. As always, a chief compliance officer has to assess the risks in the marketplace and specifically the competitive conditions. In particular, the CCO should examine these types of questions Who are my competitors? Where are they located? What are the respective market shares of the competitors? Are there any significant potential entrants to the market? Are we or anyone else involved in a joint venture with our competitors? To the extent a relevant market is concentrated, meaning that there are few competitors who compete against each other, the risk of cartel activity increases. A second risk factor is the homogeneity of a specific product, meaning can a competitor's product easily be substituted for my product without any significant functional difference. For example, the current global antitrust investigation involving electronic capacitors focuses on products that are fairly simple to make and easily substitutable among the competitor's offerings. In this case, the risk of cartel activity, especially focused on price fixing, is heightened. The third risk factor focuses on the frequency and participation of competitors in industry meetings, trade associations, and otherwise permissible interactions. At first glance, CCOs might brush aside because of the variety of ways we communicate with each other—emails, texts, chat rooms, social media, and other technologies. A cartel, however, often requires discussions among the participants that require face-to-face confirmations. Of course, I've witnessed cartel activity that is largely conducted through text messages and telephone calls, but there usually is some context where meetings might occur. CCOs have to be sensitive to the positive role that industry and trade associations can serve while recognizing the risk of cartel activity that can increase when such meetings occur. When assessing risk, however, it's easy to focus on sales staff. They often interact with competitor sales staff and are aware of price and product information offered by the competitors. A singular or even concentrated focus on sales staff is not a good idea. Of course, they can be conduits and even facilitators of a scream scheme, but in my experience, higher-ups are often aware or supportive or even direct cartel activity. My point is to be aware that the risk of criminal cartel activity is often not limited to just sales or marketing staff. Also, in my experience, a joint venture between competitors is often a significant risk factor to be assessed. A joint venture between competitors gives legitimacy to meetings among personnel who are otherwise competitive foes and can provide a perfect opportunity to collude. If your company is engaged in joint ventures with competitors in a concentrated market, you have to devote time and attention to this area. These are just some of the significant risk factors surrounding antitrust cartel activity. Once you understand your competitive profile, antitrust controls have to be designed in a manner that is tailored to these risks. While every antitrust compliance program will cite the existence of a compliance policy, training, and communications as the elements of a required program, the true test of an antitrust compliance program is in monitoring and auditing the program. For too long, chief legal officers and CCOs have been administering formulaic antitrust compliance programs that barely address policies, training, and communications while significant risks continue to be ignored. A robust monitoring and auditing program is the most effective tool for mitigating criminal antitrust risks. A CCO with the collaboration of the CLO needs to implement creative monitoring and auditing strategies using well established practices focused on a high risk market and or some high risk activities. Some examples include audit the files and emails of key personnel to determine whether they've been in contact with competitors and or possess competitively sensitive information. Monitor competitive conditions and significant bids or tenders in concentrated markups, markets with follow-up audits of potential communications and interactions among key personnel. Audit activities and communications among staff attending industry or trade association meetings. And audit joint venture activities and communications among participants to identify suspicious communications. CCOs would be surprised to learn that company officials and staff often use email communications to engage in questionable behavior, sometimes even extending into basic prohibited cartel activity. An email audit or even a desk calendar audit can provide some significant insights. Sampling of such sources is a great way to reduce the resources needed to conduct such such audits. Given the continuing aggressive antitrust enforcement environment, companies need to redouble their efforts in this area and bring antitrust compliance to the modern age of compliance initiatives. It is about time. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower, and financial performance is higher. We can help you to achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our new podcast series. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your goals.